You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. James 1 is going to provide for us over these next eight messages with suggestions and reminders how that we might have a great 2022. My job as a pastor, as a shepherd, is to try to help God's people to face whatever you have to face this year. Do you know that every one of us will face things that we have no idea right now what we're going to face, but they're going to be some great things, some good things. They're going to be from very sad things. In this crowd right here, I promise you, there will be car accidents. I don't know what kind, head on, that's rare around here. Uh, when people run into you, that happens. T-bone, because people fly through an intersection and don't watch, very dangerous. This is the most dangerous type of accident, they say. But there'll be car accidents. There'll be things that will cause you to drive a rental car while your car is being repaired or it's been totaled out. There's going to be sickness. There will be sickness. There is sickness all the time. There's flus and there's colds and there's things, and it's going to happen. And there'll be auto accidents. And there's going to be heartaches. Some of you are going to experience the first time a son or a daughter that you've invested your life and you've done everything for and you've loved them and they've been good kids. But some guy is going to turn the head of a girl or some girl is going to turn the head of a son and they're going to destroy their lives. Some of you by December 31st will know that your children are shacking up, which is called fornication or adultery. And you never dreamed that when you held that little baby in your arms so many years ago and loved that little child, that that little girl would become vicious toward her mother or father and disregard, I don't care, an argument and go off with some young man. I heard the account years ago of a girl that began to get argumentative toward her mother, a, a young 16-year-old girl, and become very argumentative with her mother and argumentative with her mother. And one day, she had a fellow that, that was older, but she didn't know what really it was that much older, but older, and he said he fell in love with her. And, uh, and they ran off together and went to Florida. They were, had a one-night stand. She woke up the next morning and it was a miniature casket. And he left these notes. Welcome to the world of AIDS. And she called her mother in despair. She said, Mother, I've destroyed my life. Here's what's happened. And mother said, come home. Some of you will face situations with your children. Some of you will face adultery this year. We're told that 75% of all marriages suffer through adultery. Some of you are going to find that your, your husband or your wife has addictions to pornography. Some of you are going to fall out of church. Before I die, I hope I can be a church member. I, I wanted to be a pastor of the day. I think it would be kind of nice to be a, have another pastor and sit in church and blame him for my problems. Some of you are going to have marital problems. 
Some of you, all of all of us, will be, te- will be tested with the death of a loved one. All of us. Every second. Every second, two people go out to eternity. Every second. Three people are born every second. Two people die every second. There's someone right now, they're saying goodbye to a loved one. There's, there's heartache that's in the life. I don't know who it will be, but there, every one of us will be at funerals this year. Every one of us will face sorrow this year. I believe that, that I, I said this many years ago in our church, decades ago in the 70s or 80s, I said in American, no one believed it. I don't know if I even believed it. I said there's coming a day when preachers in America are gonna be jailed for preaching the gospel. Well now if you can take a guy off the internet and off of radio stations, and we have about a hundred of them, and you can take him off because he preaches the Bible. One man, one woman, male and female created he them. And that's now called hate speech. And I'm the minority. The corporations have all bought in. The NFL has bought in. The NBA has bought in. The, The sports arenas have bought in. The airports have been bought in, brought, bought, purchased into this, that, uh, that it doesn't have to be a male and female. <clears throat> you preachers are the problem. We have politicians say churches, Christians, pastors are the problem. This may be the year that I kiss my wife goodbye, I pray about it often, and I think about it, how they'll put the handcuffs on. They're doing it many places in the nation. They're doing it in the nations of the world. They'll put a handcuff behind you. And I'll be for the first time in my life on the other side of the bars than on this side of the bars. The last days, perilous times should come. God's word tells us, and we are at those moments, there's going to be disappointment. There's going to be financial reversals. Some of you have to secure jobs, and you're going to lose them this year. These things happen. And in 2022, how you handle the difficulties of life is going to determine your future. You will face these things. I will face these things. Everyone in this room and those that listen around the globe right now will face difficulties. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject of trials from James 1. Everyone's going through, you precious teenagers up there, I don't want it to happen, but you will. You'll have trials. You'll have difficulties. You'll have misunderstandings. You won't be able to figure it out. You'll have betrayal. My Bible says, James is servant of God. And he speaks in verse two, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. That word just simply means trials. God schools us through the school and trains us through the school of trials. When I am tried, Job 23, verse 10, and purified, I shall come forth as gold. Gold always has to be purified, and the dross comes to the top as it's heated up, and it becomes liquid, and they take off the dross, the impurities, so it can be pure gold. 
You're going to go through a trial this year, and I will too. We will go through regular trials in life. It's going to come. People say, well, it comes in threes. Are you kidding me? It doesn't come in threes. It comes all the time. Once again, I faced Satan this morning, and I battled him all the day long. Life is not easy. But oh, I like that song. It's a wonderful, wonderful life. When you know the Lord above, it's the best life. Don't take your life this year. The secular writers attribute it to COVID. But they say this, that the last two years, we've seen the highest rise in suicide amongst teenagers than in America's history. They've lost all hope. It's hopeless. We're helpless. We're going to go through this all our lives. And there's so much regulation. They said our, our teenagers are leading the way. Alcoholism is up. Drug addiction is up. Homeless, homelessness is up. Depression is up. Pills, taking pills is up. Oh, no, I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, God did not design us, and thank God, as we feel comfortable with a mask on today, some of you with your health, I understand that. We ought to be careful. We ought to watch one another. But I want you to know, friend, God did not design, design us to rebreathe the putrid air in our body. God gave us a place to exhale, exhale the, the nose and the mouth. We don't draw it back into our lungs. God did not design us that way. And I want you to say, we're, uh, we're going to have repercussions for again denying God. Now, I know in the internet people are watching, and I know the health people and the government people watch, and we can be taken off the air because I'm telling you not to get the, I'm going to tell you not to, you want to get a shot, go get it. You don't want to? Don't, uh, you can't say that. I know. This is America. There are going to be trials. For that statement right there, we may have someone at our door tomorrow. I'm talking about their trials are going to come. I want you to see in the midst of trials, you teenagers, there's hope. We made it through World War I. It was far worse. We made it through the Spanish flu. 1918 was far worse. We, we made it through World War II, 60 million dead. We made it through that. We made it through uh, October 29th, uh, 1925, the Great Depression. We made it through the great drought and uh, the wind and all that that took place for 10 years in the Midwest region of the nation. Uh, we, we made it through the Vietnam War, somehow Korean War. We'll be okay. The difference in that day and this day the people that went through trials had great courage. They didn't roll over and quit and die. And I, I, uh, I was talking to someone yesterday and I, I, my mask dropped down and, and the person was coming to me. And they woo, woo, woo. I said, excuse me? And they said, oh, mask up, mask up. God does not give us that type of fear. Government has given how we doing, Mr. Government? Government. We'll get to our text. Government's done that to us. God's not giving us a spirit of fear. Please, if you think you need the vaccines and the booster and the second one and the third one and the fourth, do, do that. All my suggestion is 
would you at least find out what the ingredients are? And they won't publish it. And will you at least find out what the side effects are? Could you do that for yourself? As a shepherd, that's all I'm asking. Please, most of you feel comfortable. Get it. But at least know what you're doing. The Bible says trials. And I want you to see with trials, there's pressure. You are going to be in a pressure cooker. Look at verse 1. James, a servant of God, to the 12 tribes, which are, what's that word? Scattered. There was persecution going on, and they were scattered everywhere. And in the midst of a trial, it's going to be pressure. These Christians, these godly people are under great, great oppression. To be scattered means to be dispersed. It means to be homeless or without your home. They lost their homes. They lost their security. They lost their possessions, and they were in exile. You may lose things this year, but one thing is true when you're saved, you have eternal life. You can never lose your salvation. I want you to understand today that there will be pressure this year. I want you to see the people, not only the pressure, but the people, my brethren. In the book of James, these five chapters, he mentions my brethren 17 times. He is not writing to the heathen. He is not writing to the unsaved. He is not writing to the, he is writing to the child of God. My brethren, you know, as a shepherd, I don't know when you get sick and I don't know when you have been diagnosed with something and I don't know when there's a car accident, but I tell you what, as your shepherd, I love it when I find out. I, I always get these calls and they'll say either at the, 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 my cell phone or the call of the church, and they say, Pastor, I know you're busy. I don't want to bother you. You're not a bother to me or to the, you're not a bother to us. I love it when someone hands me at the door a prayer request, maybe put it on a three by five card, and sometimes they tear a portion of the bulletin off and they'll write on, I need prayer for this. I want you to do that. That's my job. Acts 6.4, I'm supposed to give myself to the Word of God and to prayer. Whether these messages are going to do anything for you for eight weeks, eight services, I don't know. But a, a month or two ago, they did something for me. As I studied the book of James, and I was studying not for my own gain, I was studying for the people of God, and just reading the Word of God, and God began to show me some things around Thanksgiving time for this text that I want God's people, I want to help you. You help me, and you help my wife so much. Paul said, brethren, pray for us. Well, you do that. My goodness, you treat us so well, and you're so kind and so, so generous to us. But I want you to know this. I have a job to you. We're supposed to pray for you. We want to pray for you. We want to know what's going on. I don't want to broadcast what's going on. I never tell anybody anything. If there's this, oh, we have some folks that have not COVID or that. We have some folks that have some terminal illnesses, and they like others. Some say, I want the church to know. I want them to pray. Others don't want it known. I think of some that I've carried for a couple of years now. In my heart, nobody knows because they don't want it out. I wouldn't tell your private business, but I could go to the throne of grace and talk to God for you. Yeah. Yeah. He said, my brethren, 
Christians go through trials. You think sometimes, well, I'm a Christian. Why am I going through this? The rain falls on the just and the unjust. Peter said, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which shall try you. We will, go, we will go through MS, and we will go through cancer, we will go through heart attacks, and we will go through strokes, and we will go through sorrows, and we will go through betrayals, and we'll go through financial reversals, and we'll go through lawsuits, and we'll go through this and that. Those things happen in life to my brethren, to people. I find that there was pressure, there's always pressure in trials. I see the people in these trials. Do you ever find yourself like I do? I'm such a, I, I, and this is going to sound complimentary, but hear the whole. I, I, I'm a, I, I'm a, I know I have huge faith. I know I do. I have huge faith. I believe God can do it. I have huge faith. But you know where a person has strength? They also have the opposite. I can go from huge faith to great fear. I see someone, and it's almost all the time, someone is a very happy, jolly, ha, 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 They'll almost every time tell me I find myself with great lows and discouragements. You will have sorrows and you will have disappointments. And so will I this year, the people in trials, the pressure of trials. I want you to see the promise of trials. My brethren, count it all joy. The next two words, when ye. When, there's a promise, they're coming. They're coming. I don't know what road they're going to come down in your life. Or what road they're going to come down in my life. One of these days, if the Lord tarries, in our marriage, I'll go first or my wife will go first. If my wife goes first, I have no life. She is my life. For 49 years, she's been right by my side. She encouraged me. She watches out for me. She's done all the laundry and all the cooking and cared for our house and raised the kids and supported this ministry. She's been in Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, all of her life. Her dad was a pastor. I'm a pastor. I love her so much. I, 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 if we're not together during the day, I, I just can't wait to get home and see her. But I may have to face that sorrow. Her dad did when her mom was 45 and left eight kids. A preacher. And I remember that day in 1970 when her mom died. October the 4th. And eight kids. And she passed away on the day of her brother's wedding. A mother went to the Lord, went to heaven 
Uh, the day her son was getting married, the wedding party after the wedding went up to the hospital to see her. And then that night she's gone. We hear life's not fair. Well, God knows everything. I don't understand it. I don't understand why we go through trials and I wish I could change them. Sometimes our precious children, our, our, our 14 grandkids go through a trial. I think I wish, I wish I could take that. God put that on me. My wife and I want that. I want you to know that they come when ye, they will come. They're coming, Brother Reamers. They're coming, Brother Bertram. They're coming, Brother Martinez. Count it all joy when ye, these scattered people. You mean we're scattered, we're homeless, we don't have our possessions, and there's more coming? Yes. I find that there is a pressure in trials. I found there's a people, my brethren, God's people also. I find there's a promise that they're going to come. And then notice the purpose. And there is a purpose. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers, different trials, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Patience does not necessarily mean there in that text that I'm calm. No, no, no. These trials do not bring calm. They bring agitation. The word patience deals with endurance. When you try your body, you're going to be a runner. And so you're going to run the 440 or the 880. Or you're going to run a mile. You're going to run something. So what do you do? You develop a, a, a regiment that you work your body to develop patience. That is, you work endurance so that when you start off. Were you a good runner in school, Brother Cooper? I wasn't. I hated it. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, we went to PE class. And every January for four years, I had swimming outside first hour of the day. And the coach would put us out there in our shorts, our, our swimming trunks with no shirt on and lay us on the concrete and say, now, nowadays, can you imagine that? Uh, Sit-ups, get down, put that back down. 8.15 in the morning, freezing, freezing. You jump in that water and your feet would burn because you were so cold. And uh, I, all four years I did. But on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you came to class, you stood, there was 120 some of us in our, our gym class, that particular class, and he goes, okay, stand on your number, you stood on the number, he'd blow the whistle, and we knew you had to start, and you ran to this place, to this place, to this place, three miles. You had to every Tuesday. I'll tell you what, I was, I could run the 50-yard dash well. Three miles, I would pray, dear God, take me home to be with you. Uh, you people that love running, you're strange. You probably like beets and sauerkraut also. Something's wrong with you, I guarantee you that. I want you to know that the purpose is right here. Knowing this, that the trial of your faith worketh patience. God builds strength, strength in us through adversity. For when I'm tried, I don't want to be an old grandfather that dies a grump. I don't want to be an old Christian that dies bitter. I want to allow these trials to say that he's still on the throne. God knows what he's doing. I find that the purpose of trials 
is to strengthen us. I, uh, I was reading this past week in an old psalm book. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. When I'm tossed and driven on like a ship on the sea, thou who rulest over rain and water, stand by me. That last stanza, when I'm growing old and weary, stand by me. In the midst of persecution, stand by me. In the midst of faults and failures, stand by me. In the midst of tribulation, stand by me. I like that song, Brother Martinez. I wish we had time for you to sing it. I'm out of time. Uh, well, once I stood in the night with my head bowed low, in the darkness, as black as could be, but my heart felt alone. And I cried, oh, Lord, don't hide your face from me. Hold my hand, precious Lord, every hour, every day, from here to the great unknown. Take my hand, hold my hand in the midnight hour when you're so discouraged and so stressed and so weary. And sometimes it feels like he shows up. It's what you were saying. You, you could sense it last night. God showed up at prayer meeting. It was just something different, special. It wasn't worked out. It just happened. And then sometimes when I pray in the midnight hour, he's there and I feel his presence and I, I just feel like I'm meeting with God, almost like I could touch him. And there's sometimes in the midnight hour, I go back to bed after a while and say, Lord, I, I didn't get anything. You're quiet right now. You're not talking to me right now. You're allowing me to go through this. I know your word says I don't go through it alone, but I can't hear you, God. I can't sense you. I can't feel you. I don't know you right now. May I say, I try to wrap it up here, that, that the purpose of trials is to cause you to realize that a dependency must be on God. You know that song we sang, the man just died about two years ago. I believe he was 95. Till the storm passes over, he had a life of storms, sorrows, disappointments. Till the, the thunder sounds no more. God will bring you on the other side, kids. God's real. And he loves you when you see him, when you can sense him, when you can feel his presence, and when you cannot. And then I'll say this, I'll, I'll close. It produces this patience. What else does it produce? Well, patience have a perfect work. It, it produces endurance. It, it produces maturity. I'm now to my message and I'm out of time. I want to give you four things to think about. I'll just leave it there. Maybe I'll print them in the bulletin next week. But you will have trials. I love what you sang last Sunday. No, never alone. I'm not, you're not alone. And church members, we and the other pastors, and the other pastors that are on both properties and in these classrooms this hour, we're, we're not flawless. We go through trials like you do, but we want to, as the Bible says in Galatians, bear your burdens. We don't have to advertise it, tell everybody, well, his wife left him or her husband left him. We don't need to do that. I'm not, we don't want to do that. 
but we do want to go to the throne of grace on your behalf and pray for you. That in that day, God will give you grace and God will give you strength. We come to work earlier, this all of these people do, but at 9 o'clock we assemble every day for prayer. I love it when you send prayer requests and say, share this today, pray about it. I want you to know that we'll have trials. You mentioned this Wednesday night. I'd already, I'd already written my notes all down. But the Chicago fire began at the O'Leary Farm in Chicago. And Mrs. O'Leary had a, a, a cow, special cow, but that cow kicked and knocked over a lantern. And you know the story. It spread from her barn to the fields because there had been a drought and the wind was going that night and the cornfields got on and then one farm and then it moved into the city and the city was built real close with wood structures. And in 1871, they lost Chicago. And the people would try to get on little boats and go to the lake right there, the Great Lake in, in Chicago, Michigan area, and get on those boats and save what possessions they could. They watched their city burn. And you know the story. Mr. Spafford was a great lawyer, a great lawyer, a Christian lawyer, and he lost everything. He lost all of his, his, his houses and buildings and commercial, everything was lost in the fire. He lost 100%. His boy had just died before that. And in 1871, there he was without anything but his wife and four girls. In 1873, the schools were not yet back opened up, so he decided to take his girls with his wife to England and put them in schools there so that they could stay up with their education. At the last minute, he had to stay back for business, and he said to his wife, to Mrs. Spafford, take the girls and I'll meet you in London. And you know this story, just a few days later at sea, there was an accident. And his four girls drowned that day. And for 10 days, he knew nothing. And finally, his wife got to another, another country and they wired back two words, saved alone. He boarded a ship and he headed toward his wife the captain came to him one night as they were traveling and said, Sir, Mr. Spafford, we all know about who you are. We are right now, what we believe is the place where your, wife, your, your children, all four girls drowned right here. He wrote that song, you quoted it on Wednesday night. We sing it all the time. When peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrows like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. I don't want you to go through a storm. I, I don't want it to happen. I, don't, I know it's a good thing and God says you'll grow through it, but I don't like to see the storm. 
But God's not going to let anything touch us without his approval. And for some reason, he's going to use this in our lives. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Father, I, I, I love these people so much. I don't believe there's ever been a pastor or a pastor's wife that have been more blessed than we have. We're, we're so blessed to be here. Have an orchestra and a choir and church members and servants and bus workers, people that labor with the joy in their heart. But it concerns me. It concerns us that this year there'll be sorrows and betrayals and disappointments. May we realize that trials can be used for our good. We don't see that all things work together for good, but we know that all things work together for good. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.